0: Welcome to The Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Eric.
1: And I'm Te- I mean Ryan. Each episode, (laughs) we uh, invite two guests, or at least Eric and Teg usually do, to bring a question to talk about one of our favorite things, Disney.
0: This week, we want to welcome Mike to the show. Mike grew up in Walt Disney World from 1969 forward. Uh, worked at some of his favorite rides in the 80s and started the website Wide in Your World because he didn't know any better. <laughs> Welcome, Mike.
1: Thank you very much. That's that's accurate.
2: So thank you for having me. All right. Thanks for being here.
1: Also joining us this week is Michelle. She's a vacation planner with Concierge who specializes in Disney parks, group travel, and finding the silver lining in even the biggest vacation hiccups. Welcome, Michelle.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Heck yeah. Excited to have you. All so
0: right. They- I should also introduce, reintroduce Ryan. He's been here before. Welcome (laughs) back. Tag had an unfortunate accident. He's, he's stuck at Club 33 right now. (laughs) And so Ryan's filling (laughs) in for the night. Ryan, uh, co host of Puny Pod, a Marvel podcast on Ears Up Network.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Glad I could fill in for Tag. I'll do my best.
0: All right. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. Ryan, let's, uh,
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, Eric, uh, why don't why yeah, why don't you start us off with our first question here? Okay. What is an extinct attraction
0: you would return to the parks? And even, you know, if it doesn't fit somewhere we're we're not going to take that into account. Just what would you bring back? Uh, Mike, kick us off.
2: I'd bring back the Florida version of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. And the people who remember it, they, they get it. It's not, it's not like the Disneyland version. Um, it was more expansive. It had the two tracks that competed against each other, especially when they dispatched against each other, you know, you know, in synchronization, but even if it hadn't been Mr. Jones log ride, the, um, the level of detail, um, in there and not knowing which wall you would crash through, what you would see in the next scene as kids, we thought we were really driving the cars, everything all together. It wouldn't really matter where you put it. And I think it, I think at Walt Disney will now, it really doesn't matter where you put anything, you, just, <laughs> you know, and as long as people can find their way to it, but there is, you know, there's space at Epcot. It, it, it would definitely fit there. So that, that would be my vote. Yeah. I was trying
0: to explain the, the difference between the the toads when I was at Disneyland last week, I was talking to a cast member and uh, talking their ear off and I could see, I could see their eyes glaze over a little bit <laughs> as I, as I kept going and went, okay, we're, we're done here.
3: They're an hourly employee. They, they need to know how to turn it on, turn it off. They're right. good. They don't need the history.
0: Well, maybe they get it and they just don't care. Yeah, you know? it's true. It, it could be. They did say, "Oh, so it's kind of like the Matterhorn." I'm like, "Yes, we'll we'll stick with that."
1: <laughs>
2: there you go. Yeah, yeah. And, and, or or like the the Doctor Seuss Sky Trolley at, at, at Islands of Adventure. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, different. You see different things on each track. I think that was that really set it apart. I don't think that had been done in a ride before. Rolly Crump came up with that that concept. Apparently, Dick Nunes told him that he was going to build twin. Mr. Toads, I had the good fortune to be able to interview him with my friend Ross Pessette years ago and Dick Nunes wanted two Mr. Toads wild rides and because of how long the line was in California and Wooly Crump said, well, I'll give you two Toads, but um, you're not, they're not going to be identical and he wanted to mess with people's heads so um, if you went on this side of the queue this, um, you know, Gypsy Camp and the other side you would have the barnyard and um, he said he wanted people to compare notes after the ride and <laughs> they didn't see what their friends saw. So. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic.
2: <laughs> it's just, it's not, but, um, but in uh, the radiator Springs, I can't remember the name of the ride, but they, they had that component there, which is super cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Ooh. Yeah. That little split toward the end.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, for for my money, I think what I would definitely bring back is the the Carousel of Progress in Disneyland. That that building is still there, right? It's used for the Star Wars uh, meet and greets. I absolutely love the Carousel of Progress in Walt well, Disney World. In fact, I even have a tattoo for it. Um, I do think the only like hiccup that I had in thinking about this, there was a very 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 short lived marvel attraction in that building at one point and so i it would be off brand of me to not mention that um but um saw that like the week it opened
2: really yeah i i just it was like kind of like walking into this the central hub of wonders of life ah yes like a big courtyard right yeah they'd hollowed out the center um i don't remember what i did in there (laughs) <laughs> Just, I, I seem to recall marvel theme what that was about about eight years ago
1: yeah it was it was only there for about a year i think it was mm-hmm. like early 2015 through 2016 um okay. and yeah i i i unfortunately missed it i literally i want to say i went right after it closed because like the fences were up or maybe it was right before it opened because the mm-hmm. fences were up advertising what was going in there wow. um But but I I did miss it. I would love to go back and see it. I'm a huge Iron Man fan. So that would have been cool. But to get back to my main answer. uh, Yeah, definitely. Carousel of Progress is is one of those cool, cool. It's an old you know, it's a World's Fair ride. It it has the history and it's got the catchy uh, Sherman Brothers tune to it. Right. Great, big, beautiful tomorrow um and it's it's so fun plus it's really nice on a hot day to just go in there and sit for a while
3: i agree i think too the other thing about carousel progress that i love is you know the big one of the big questions with tomorrowland is how do we continue to keep it tomorrow how do we update that and something like that would be such an easy overlay um as the years go by and you can just continue to make it progressive so i fully agree i think that would be a wonderful addition
1: yeah they sweet. actually do it yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. instead of where it's at today, where the tomorrow scene is like, I don't want to set everybody's voice assistants off, but it's voice assistants and mm-hmm. VR and HDTV.
3: <laughs> yeah, so they'd have to actually take the time to do the overlays and, and think a little bit more forward, but it is possible.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, how about you, Michelle? What, what would you bring back?
3: I am a big Captain EO fan. That is something that I remember growing up. In fact, when I was just in the parks last week, I saw a lady with the neon, tri-neon swoosh type thing on her shirt, and it just flooded flooded my mind with memories. So I think, you know, not only was it sort of innovative at the time, but I feel like it would still hold up just, you know, obviously one with Michael Jackson not being here anymore, as uh, something you'll never get again, and you can't really replicate. Um, but two, it's it's an area that, like you were kind of saying, uh, Ryan, is it doesn't, you know, it's air-conditioned. It gets crowds off the street for a little while. It's something that you don't have to worry about, um, you know, getting fast passes for necessarily. It's a large venue. So I just think that it would be a fantastic, it would be an easy bring back. You know, I liked Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Honey I, the, or Honey, I Shrunk the Audience when it was there, but Captain EO for me was it. So the music is just sort of iconic and yeah, I would love it. And again, sort of that tomorrow-y looking you know dystopian world it fits right into that land which not much does so i would bring that back in a heartbeat what about you mike what would you or sorry eric what would you bring we can go back to mike i mean yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> no i won't stop talking this is <laughs> many good things on do you think they'd ever remake captain
3: eo They'd be hard-pressed to find the following, I think. I think the people who like it so much are the ones who saw the original. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think about my kids now. I don't know if they remade it, if they'd be as interested. So I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: I think, you know, finding a pop star of that caliber might be tough now. I think you you maybe have like a Harry Styles or somebody, but mm-hmm. a pop star at the, the caliber of Michael Jackson is going to be pretty hard. And, and like you say, the nostalgia it it's kind of hard it's it's in one of those hard places where it is so nostalgic and so you don't do anything right you know if you mm-hmm. if you remake it 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 frustrates those who are nostalgic for it if you do remake it or i'm sorry if you yeah either way you're frustrating <laughs> the folks who who are who have that that nostalgia factor whether you if you're replacing Michael Jackson or even if you were just to remaster it you know it's it it's gonna be a tough it would be a tough one to remake, I think.
2: I think if you know you can't make anyone happy, that's a very liberating feeling. So um, hashtag Captain Edo Taylor's version. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I like it. Nice idea.
2: All
0: right. Well, I guess we're down to me here. I have a, despite this being my, this this is the way it always goes. This is my question and I had no idea. I ended up on Extraterrestrial Encounter. Yeah, me I and I, I don't even know where where it would fit these days. It didn't fit when it was there. Terrifying Children. I was at just the right age where I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I only I only went on it twice though, but it's it's still like seared into my brain. Like wow, I'm seeing this at the Magic Kingdom? Are you kidding me?
2: What age were you when you when you first went on that?
0: Oh, was I 17? 16? Okay.
2: Okay, yeah, uh, I was in my twenties when when that opened. I remember uh, uh, Jeffrey Jones was one of the scientists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, am I, is that his name? The actor? I, I think um, so. Yeah, and um, he was the principal in Ferris Bueller. In Ferris yeah. Bueller, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then another thing—I think he was in Deadwood. But um, they really, really made it sound like it would be scary, and I think at points it points—it was, but. If you were in the back row, there was the canned audio. Uh, like somebody <laughs> said, it looks like my mother-in-law, and it's coming <laughs> from the speaker behind you, and you know there's no one behind you. So I think had they, had they taken that <laughs> part out of it, it it did have a scare factor for sure. But like, I got a little distracted by that part.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it would fit back in a magic Magic Kingdom style park at this point. You'd have to put it in like uh. Hollywood Studios or. Um, DCA or something, yeah, yeah. Prob- or probably
3: just stick whatever you want in Tomorrowland All <laughs> oh, good,
0: it was there. I mean,
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: I put put it right back. There.
3: it's so, it's so yesterday, it's tomorrow. That's where we're at now.
0: <laughs> That's is that an empty, an empty space? Uh, what is it now? It's a is that right where the shop for is? Tron, Stitch's Great- yeah, Stitches Great Escape is out and it's just a, a shop now. A shop, okay, yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. Well, you can bring it back. There we go. Okay. Well, that'll do it for our first question. Mike, what did you bring for us this week?
2: (laughs) I was wondering if the sponsorship of an attraction or a restaurant at one of the Disney parks uh, caused anyone to disproportionately buy a certain product or uh, purchase a certain service. Or develop a brand obsession. Because I think on different levels it, it did all of those things for me.
1: Yeah, so so there's obviously a lot of those. There's a lot of sponsorships and and I was trying to think through this, and I actually asked my wife too. And the one that, that came to mind strongest for us was Dole sponsoring the Dole Whip. I will eat a Dole Whip every time I see one. Um now <laughs> is that because of the brand? I don't know, but I I I don't eat other you know, fruity soft serves necessarily. Our zoo here in Denver actually has Dole branded Dole Whips. And there is there has actually been days where I've gone with the sole intention of just getting a Dole Whip. I've had them at county fairs. I haven't I haven't tried the consumer products version in the grocery store just yet, but Definitely want to soon, but yeah, I would definitely have to give it to Dole and the the Dole Whip. I, I'm sure at some point in my life I it's crossed my mind with their canned fruit too or something. I've been faced with this decision and went with their canned fruit over another, but uh, yeah, definitely the Dole Whip for me.
2: The flavor I, of white. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Skill hand select choice cuts or something like that. <laughs> Watch that movie forever.
1: How about you, Michelle?
3: You know, it was funny when I first read this question. I thought, okay, you know, what is it that I think I've been influenced by Disney to buy multiple products, multiple brands? Sort of, you know, you walk into Cost or you walk into Costco, you see a brand, you know it's probably pretty good because Costco carries it. I feel the same way about Disney. If they carry natives you know a type of shoe where they carry lounge fly or whatever then you're pretty good you're pretty safe but as far as a brand that is just represented as far as a sponsorship Kodak I think came to mind pretty clearly I remember vividly seeing uh, photo op spots or picture spots sponsored by Kodak or some of the shows or maybe some of the parades sponsored by Kodak and I find myself thinking or I found myself thinking, well, that's really the kind that I need to get. Obviously, it was the kind that sold in the park. You know, back in the day, you always needed film. That was probably one of their greatest things that they sold. Um, But then I kind of also started harboring a, an aversion to like Fuji because <laughs> it wasn't Kodak. It wasn't Disney verified Kodak. And so that to me, that that yellow, that mustardy yellow and black uh, just kind of sticks out in my mind as, as a sponsorship that was there that really, just I had it on the brain when I needed film, when I was taking pictures, that's what I did.
1: Nice. That's fair.
3: Yeah. Now, what about you, Eric? Anything a little bit more relevant to today than um, film?
0: Well, <laughs> you sparked a memory and I realized that thanks to because I did, I, I was super into run Disney for a while and because of the sponsorship of, of new balance as their, their premier sponsor for several years, I got super into new balance shoes because before that I ran in, I never really found something that, that fit great. I've got fairly wide feet. So like some shoes just don't work for me. And I I think I was running mostly in like ASICs at the time. And because of New Balance and because they had these special, these special Disney shoes that they put out at the expo before the race, and I'm like, oh, wow, everybody's waiting for these shoes. They must be cool. <laughs> and my wife and I both bought pairs of some of those extra expensive, just slightly cartoony shoes. And, oh. But I found that they fit really well. And suddenly I started buying New Balance and I still almost completely run in New Balance. I think every pair of running shoes I've gotten for several years since has been have have been New Balance. Um,
3: yeah. Yeah. It all started with a mouse. Everything. You can attribute everything back to <laughs> There you
0: go. My original answer was going to be Monsanto, even though I've never been on any of those Disneyland attractions that were sponsored by Monsanto. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. I'm like, oh, this must have been before they were evil. Okay. Okay.
2: You know what's funny about Monsanto is if you think about the message of Adventure Through Inner Space sponsorship, uh, Miracles from Molecules, it's all about portending genetic engineering and modification. Oh,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's get, and let's take let's take nature and make it better. And I don't think anybody was like, wait a minute, that's a bad. <laughs> <laughs> completely pivoted over the course of you know 25-30 years to where that's like the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um plastics, we know that plastic in our in our bloodstreams. Um, but that's that's like not on Santos fault. Right? But yeah, even symbiosis had a segment where they talked about genetically modifying uh rice crops to make them more impervious to you know i, I think it was drought and um, insects or yeah it was uh or... to, to drought and to instead of pesticides we'll modify the actual rice itself to make That's it right and, and it sounded smart you know 1982 you're like yeah modify that rice Why wouldn't we do that? I forgot about symbiosis. That's right. (laughs) I don't, you you know, GMOs, non-GMOs. I mean, I just assume that whatever's going into my body, you know, past, past the mid seventies can't be that good for me. So if I still eat McDonald's, why am I upset about somebody made my my rice a little bit better in a lab? (laughs) You're not wrong.
0: (laughs) Mike, uh, I'm I'm interested to hear your your answer here. Since you this, I love this question. So, where were you thinking?
2: Well, I mean, maybe maybe a dozen products, but the, the big one for me is I, it has to be Kikkoman because if if I'm not sure if I'm out of soy sauce, I'm gonna I can buy a bottle of Kikkoman anyway. The the graphic design is so strong; it's got the hexagon, which just you know, like it's it's not Tomorrowland, but a hexagon for me is Tomorrowland. So um, it's got that in it. just reminds me of so many sweet and sour hot dogs and teriyaki burgers. And did you know you can buy the, I think it was just like a week ago, Allison and I were at Winn-Dixie and we found it's the same container uh, that you would find on your table in the Adventureland Bronda, the restaurant version of Kikoman for sale on the shelf at hmm. Winn-Dixie. And I was oh. like, well, of course, you had to buy it. I think I'm going to go back and buy more and put one on every table in the apartment now. Because <laughs> that size bottle goes fast. But not, I mean, Kikama, like if I had been able to fly Eastern Airlines, but it, it folded before I took my first commercial airline flight. And then RCA, just because the the design of the logo is so good, you know, and Home of Future Living was just like so heavily intertwined with the RCA brand products and the in the song. I mean, like that was my miracle miracles from molecules as a kid was Here's to the future from Space Mountain, the RCA song. Yeah, coming out of Space Mountain at, at Disney World. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's always in the back of my head. But yeah, I I think I would um I'd be loyal to most of those brands.
1: Well that that puts us two questions down, which means we have reached our halfway point. Which I think I need to say something, something <laughs> support the hub crawl at hubcrawl.com slash support. There you go. Good good job, Ryan. Perfect.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be a big one. Oh, see yes.
0: Such your sponsors rolling in. If, if, you, if you like what you're hearing, listener, and you want to understand more about what Ryan was talking about, please... Head to the hubcrawlcom dot com slash support or go through Patreon, uh, join our community. And for uh, just five dollars a month, at a minimum, you can get access to our shows a little bit early. Uh, you can also listen to our bonus question that we do every single episode. Now, I'll give you a little teaser here. We ask the question, as usual, in our discord chat, which you can also access if you are a member. I posted it a little late and only got one response. But the uh, the question this week, what is your favorite Disney conspiracy theory? So looking forward to uh, reading our our listener answers during the uh, the bonus section and talking with all of you about, about your answers. So, again, the dot com slash support. But now it's time to get back to the questions. Ryan, let's
1: go. All righty. So I know. IP theming is, you know, much maligned uh, amongst a lot of the fan base, but I think it can be done well and I think it can be really fun. So my question for you all is what IP themed thing, whether it's a ride, show, restaurant, store, land or bathroom, uh, do you think was or is done best? And why do you think it's the best? Uh, Michelle, let's toss it to you.
3: You know, I wanted to not say this just because I know that it's such a popular opinion, but when I thought about everything, I really I had to go with Carsland. It to me it most clearly resembles specifically the movies. And what I loved about it is that the movie was done first and then that came second. And so for, you know, whereas like Pirates of the Caribbean, that was its own thing. And then they went and did movies after that. I think there's a disconnect, at least for me when you are doing the actual immersive ride and then seeing it on a greater screen, because a greater screen can always, it's kind of like the thing, you know, the books, the movies never live up to the books. I feel like the movies never, never actually are synonymous or, they don't really gel as well with the the attraction um but carsland did it right they did the movie first and then they went in and made the land and they were just able to completely recreate it and to the point where you walk in and kids and adults alike can feel like they are literally walking in to a scene, many scenes uh, from those movies. And, you know, the e-ticket ride there, it just, it holds up. And I think it will for decades to come, it's not going to become irrelevant. It's not going to, you know, at one point have been really thrilling and now it's not, it's just got all those great pieces that make a ride something that you just don't want to miss every single time you're there. So uh, to me, that's just, that's it. That's when my son was born and he was starting to, well, not when he was born, but when he was old enough, you know, of course, for all the books to start watching things, Cars, you know, the Cars movies were it because I thought this is what's going to blow his mind when I get to bring him here is he's going to walk in and think that I just, uh, you know, gave him a back off tour. So that's it for me, for sure.
1: There is no better place in the parks than, than Carsland at night, especially yeah. right at, at sunset when the mm-hmm. neon's turning on. Oh, it's one yeah. of my favorite places to be.
3: So, fun fact about Carsland, too. So, I was in the parks last week. I was running around trying to get a World of Color dessert party reservation at the last second. And anyway, I got, uh, A banquet manager came up and he was the one who was to help me. And so he was so kind and he said, Oh, you know, sorry, it took me a little bit long to get over here. I was in the middle of getting the wedding ready over in Carsland. And this was about eight o'clock at night. And I said, What? the wedding ready. He said, Oh yeah. He said, we have a wedding that's taking place along route 66, you know, that main drag. And then the reception is in flows uh-huh. and that starts at 10. And I said, are you kidding me? I said, I didn't know that you could do that. Like, well, the park was open. He said, well, flows close, you know, the park closes at 10. That's when the, the reception is going to take place. But he said, as long as you cover the profit loss of merchandise and food, for whatever area you're occupying, you can rent it. So <laughs> he went through though and told me what they paid for, you know, their food, what they paid for the rental. But then the thing that got me is he said, they have a hundred guests. They wanted to rent radiator Springs racers so that it's only their guests. They got to go on at one time, each person,
0: $10,000.
3: Oh, <laughs> It's like, I would single that single rider that mother for all the guests. <laughs> just call it good. I could not believe it. But the funny thing was, is we saw the wedding later because then they had this certain area for world of color. And I just thought it's people who walked into that land, were completely immersed, felt like it was exactly from the movie that they love. And now it's worth their tens of thousands of dollars to get married there.
2: Wow. That's cool.
3: Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's kind of hard to argue against. I went in the reverse order. I didn't see any of the Cars movies until after I had been in Cars Land.
3: <laughs> oh we gosh! Went, oh so wow! You just they did, did a good job. Yeah. Oh, right. so I'm I'm
0: I know I'm right now that I'm stealing Galaxy's Edge from Ryan <laughs> because, <laughs> and I wouldn't have thought so at first, but so on the Supreme Resort, my other show, we've done now six episodes on Galaxy's Edge. I don't know how that happened.
3: That's a hot button <laughs> issue for you guys over there.
0: We're thinking of completing the trilogy of trilogies. Someday just for the, the sake of it. But yeah, it, it, it slowly has dawned on me that right now it's, it's becoming more mature. Like we're kind of getting used to it, but you still have this mix of people that have never been there. So they're in complete awe. People that are that, that experience that, that first look at, at the Millennium Falcon, people who are are comfortable with it, and they're just walking around. And then there's the ultra comfortable, comfortable the people that Ryan introduced me to, where they're they're Batu bounding, they're dressing up like they live there, and I I think it's phenomenal. It, it it's so odd that we've got this place now that's just as familiar as Frontierland, but it's become its own thing i think that's that's tremendous and i think that's what they were going for yeah. it doesn't it doesn't matter that it's not you can still argue hey it should have been tatooine it should have been hoth or something but it it's become its own thing which is that's, what they wanted
2: fun, fun as it should have been tatooine <laughs> um, you probably already covered that no, i'm kidding no, hey, uh, yeah, I, I mean, everybody's
1: entitled to that opinion.
0: <laughs> I, I still, I'm still not completely sold that it, you know, it should be this completely unique land.
1: Yeah. It it needed the patina on it that it's it's developed. It it needed, I mean, physically, some of the plants and things needed to grow, but also it needed the the fandom, and and Star Wars is one of those fandoms that's going to grow into a space. You see it in like conventions and whatever. Star Wars fans kind of grow into their space um and so i think it's done it there and i will say galaxy's edge is the only land there's been other things but galaxy's edge is the only land that has moved me as a grown man into tears so it is it, you did steal it from me but uh <laughs> rightfully taken okay <laughs> mike
0: it's
2: up to you here on galaxy's edge um uh, you know i was that was eight when uh, episode Four came out, so um I, my love for Disney and Star Wars were like they were neck and neck, and I, I was, that while Galaxy's Edge was not my answer, I really do enjoy it my My roommate works uh, in the droid shop, his girlfriend works in the droid shop. Galaxy's Edge is part of my daily existence because of that, so i I do think it I do think elements of it were very well done, and I enjoy the rides every time I, I go on them, but I've only been on each one a couple of times. The the Radiator Springs area is mind-blowing. Not a huge Pixar fan. My son Owen was, um, when we went eight years ago, was the perfect age based on his love of cars to be experiencing that for the first time. And I have not, I just re- realized I haven't seen it at night that I can recall. So I'm, I mean, I'm going back this year, so I'm going to make sure I see it at night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, whether I like cars or not, that's just it's just so well done and so fun, and the ride is, I mean, way more than I expected. So I would never get tired of that ride, and I think, I think to Michelle's point, it'll be there a long time. P- people aren't going to get tired of riding the, the racers. So it, yeah, I'd have to, I have to say it's that. I love, I love. Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin though. So, so it's not (laughs) someone else's answer. Do I think I'm in Toontown? No, because Toontown would be, would be massive, you know, Toontown (laughs) would be like, you're in an episode of Cuphead, but the detail in that queue, how fun the ride is. I mean, if you want to, if you want to go up against Mr. Toad's wild ride for a fun factor, I, that is such a good ride. The back alleys of Toontown, and alternate dialogue for the characters that you hear as you're walking through. Amazing.
1: Great yeah. Point. I think that Toontown area, spoiler alert for my answer, that's not going to be my answer, but I, I, it is one that, that often doesn't get brought up in these kind of conversations. And I don't think necessarily fairly, it's, it's a good one. It is a mm-hmm. good, good area for sure. For my money, I, you guys covered Cars Land and Galaxy's Edge incredibly well, both great areas. So I had to kind of, think outside the box a little bit um, and I had to take a little bit of a controversial one because <laughs> it replaced another beloved IP but Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. I I really enjoy that ride. Now I haven't had the chance to exp- experience all of Avengers Campus just yet, actually going in a week so, but and really excited for that, but Guardians I have experienced and it is so good top to bottom the queue has all kinds of Easter eggs, um, which, you know, a fanboy like me could, will devour and, and super enjoy. The pre show is super, super fun with that, uh, rocket raccoon animatronic, uh, that runs through. And then there, it's, Ultimately it's a great drop ride. Like at the end of the day, it's it's a great drive ride system that that has some really fun theming and music on it. Overall, just a, a super fun experience. And I definitely love that one and the IP the IP of it all, I think, is is done really well.
3: Yeah, I agree. That that ride is kind of disproves my point earlier about the, you know, attraction coming after the the film just it's, it's just fantastic. It's just really, you know, it's relevant to all ages. It's, you know, I have a love hate relationship with it. I just (laughs) dread getting on it. I I mean, every step is painful and then I get on it. I hope that I, you know, (laughs) use the restroom at least two hours before it just everything just, I get so tense and then I do it and I love it. And then I get off and think, Oh, why did I do that? So it's just sort of this very, (sighs) I really I have a very emotional roller coaster ride when I go on that thing, but it is so good. It just does it can't do anything but pump you up and get you excited. So I I absolutely love it. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, Michelle, you are up next here on our questions to cover our last question. So what you got for us?
3: My question today was thinking about this, you know, new at Disneyland, they have a 100 tour which I actually heard not super wonderful things about, but it got me thinking about the different tours that they're offering and they're trying out. So, what type of park specific tour would you like to see offered and what content uh, or what aspects would it involve? So, let's go to Eric. What would you think?
0: Well, I heard some folks on a on another show talking about how they At the end of an event, they got to go on a walking tour of Spaceship Earth with the lights on. And I'd be down for that for sure. Like, yeah, that would be cool. (laughs) I would I would absolutely love that. It's it's one of my favorites. Every time I'm there, I have to go on it. So I would absolutely love something like that. I would also like, you know, kind of in a different sort of behind the scenes, you hear about all of the people who come through and like repaint an area quickly overnight. I'd love to meet some some of the people that do that and have a conversation with them or you know s- see how they go about about what they do. Um I'd love to learn more about that.
3: That is a great one. I I fully agree. I'm always curious when you look at the little details, how the paint looks fresh, there aren't cobwebs, like I want to know how often do they do that? How intricate is their system every night? I would love to see that.
1: Yeah, Disneyland after dark would be a really cool like just to just to see how they do it. it, I think, especially if they brought you through while they're doing it in that like time where where the park's empty, that's something that always fascinates me is those pictures of the park mostly empty or the video of them doing that at night, and you know, maybe they could offer it as they're hanging up seasonal decor or whatever it would be really cool to see for sure mm-hmm. first, then you're just paying to watch somebody do their job that's true, that's true, but we are Disney fans. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, <laughs> Mike, what sounds good
2: to you? Well, I've helped myself to a lot of self-made tours. <laughs> uh, I knew which which doors weren't unlocked and how to get around some construction walls. So, um, I saw splash mountain under construction. After that, I need to go someplace that I don't know how to get to. So Epcot computer central, someone show me how to get in there and then I'll, uh, if they want to walk me through it that's fine. I just need to know which doors and then um, <laughs> and then I could go down and see if they have any of the computers left or uh, any any remnants of a student computer review or backstage magic. There might be something. I, I have no idea what's down there
0: now. Wouldn't it be great if it all still ran on those old <laughs> those old computers?
2: <laughs> yeah. So, nice.
1: I so for my money I I like the the tours that are there I again went a little bit outside the box and I was thinking about making some experiences that right now are are really premium a little bit more available to folks and so I think some like in-universe tours of like areas like Galaxy's Edge or Avengers Campus where you have a cast member who's playing the role of somebody in universe right so they're a citizen of Batu. they're somebody at the Avengers campus kind of guiding you around touring the land, you know, showing off some of the Imagineering details. There's also a lot of interaction in, in those lands that they could do, they could use during those tours. And I would also love like maybe some behind the scenes areas that, that maybe they plus up a little bit to make them look in universe would be kind of cool. Express entry onto the rides would probably be a big part of that too. It's like, Hey, let's, you know, now we got to get over to the Millennium Falcon. Let's go um, and get you get you right on to the Millennium Falcon. What also would be an interesting opportunity with this tour, and I'm dreaming big here, but um, <laughs> is that they are largely screen driven rides. And particularly I'm thinking about Millennium Falcon, where it's really a one of one experience right the people in your pod are the only people experiencing the experience that you're seeing and so it would be cool if it was like a exclusive version of that right a different storyline than the the normal line that you would only have access to through this tour mode so i think that would be really fun in a in a cool little way to to give you a little bit more of that immersion and help you spend some time in those universes How about you, Michelle?
3: Yeah, I'm kind of, now I'm changing my mind to yours. I think, (laughs) wow, get on board with that. But really my original answer was that I think a tour of the dark rides, uh, the sets in the dark rides, I just find myself, I think one, because you're going so quickly, which I'm sure is, you know their points so that you can just kind of get a glimpse of what it is and not look too hard into the eyes of the animatronics and things like that but i always want to study it more i want to see all the detail i want to look at the little characters in snow white and i want to look at you know the the way that the the river looks like it's flowing and it's a small world and you know, down from the Taj Mahal or whatever. And so I just, those types of things. Um, so it's not a river, it's a fountain. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I want to see all the details. So I think I kind of want to, they could call it ruining the magic, the tour, um, because I think that's essentially what it would do, which is probably why they don't offer it. But I would love to be able to get in and just really study all little things and take pictures and, and all that kind of stuff. They have that little door uh, outside of, is it um, the Mad Hatter? in Disneyland. And it's just cute. And it kind of reminds me of those sets, you know, it's very small, it has a little gate, and you can take pictures and stuff. And I just thought that's what I would love to do. I would love to be able to see all that kind of stuff, especially with kids. Although I'm sure the fact that they would touch everything would preclude them from being invited. But (laughs) I think that it would be a really cool thing. So that's what I would love to see. And I do feel like income wise it would just be a cash cow to offer these specific very exclusive very limited availability type things people pay far more for far less there uh so i just think that would be yeah i think it should be part of their business plan 2024
1: well and that's like i know a lot of disney fans are always looking for the in-ride exit for that exact reason right They, Mm -hmm. they want the ride to break down they want to walk through it and you know walk through Tortuga and Pirates um, and and get up close with those Amatrox. It would be so cool for sure. Yeah. You
2: just have to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you can run.
1: (laughs) Just make sure you're not grabbing cucumbers uh, on living with the land. Correct.
2: I think what Rolly Crump said was that – the artist prep department put razor blades in the edges of some of the props in the dark rides so that when kids went out to grab something, they <laughs> would never do it a second time. <laughs> uh, I think I can attest to having my fingers sliced open on Snow White's Scary Adventures. Uh, <laughs> once
0: <laughs> were you trying to grab the apple or or the one of the trees or what
2: <laughs> it was when you first go to the dwarf's cottage i think it was like a, a dish or something on the in the dwarf sink off to the right i said hey i'll grab that dish uh, so i thought so. <laughs> i think oh. this is
3: the answer to your conspiracy theory question right there oh there's razor blades and all in all the props, e ticket
2: where he's where he kind of like reluctantly confessed to having done that, and it kind of a clever idea. Well, on that happy note, yeah, I think that'll
0: do it for for the uh, the regular portion of this episode of the Hub Crawl. We'd like to thank our guests. Where can people find you? Do you have anything you want to plug, Michelle? What about you?
3: You can find me uh, either via the concierge platforms um, or you can find me at planning the Disney details on both Facebook and Instagram. And uh, as far as plugging, just know that I absolutely love planning vacations for people. I'm very, very big into setting and um Helping people with their expectations for what they're doing and what they're booking. And uh, I just, I love what I do and I love, love meeting new people who want to love Disney. So, yeah, I'm, there's always deals. So please reach out to me.
1: Awesome. And how about you, Mike?
3: Oh,
2: Wide New World is on Facebook. I don't have a website anymore, but that's fine. I'm kind of doing a, a blog thing now. I have a video channel. It's not a podcast, it's not polished, but it's Ride Funhouse. It's a newer thing. I haven't been doing it that long, but that's a project. If you know anybody who has Long John Silver's gift certificates or, you know, they want to sponsor it, I'll just take some gift certificates. <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> it sounds like a
2: good deal. Yeah. Hey, listeners. I, need, I need to get some Krispies in a little tray. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ryan, hey, thanks for joining us as well. Where can people find you? Absolutely, it's my pleasure. Folks can check out Puny Pod. We are a MCU podcast. We're just about through the first phase of the marvel cinematic universe we're watching them in release order we review one movie a month really good time if you if you haven't watched them before or if you haven't watched them in a while or even if you watch them every weekend um it's a good time to check out what details you you might have missed we we like to bill ourselves as the comic book nerds except we're at a distance you don't have to smell us um (laughs) but uh it 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 is a good time and uh so definitely check that out that's puny p-u-n-y pod pod we're on all major pod catchers i suppose
0: uh, if you want to find me you'll hear me on puny pod a podcast about. that's true we will have your your very own eric in a couple weeks yep yes um i'm also eric farm d at um at eric farm d on instagram and um you know maybe if i if i remember the password you'll you'll see some postings from at the hub crawl on instagram <laughs> <laughs> well those of you who are who are patreon subscribers you'll get a little bit more in just a, just a minute here uh, for everybody else thanks for joining us um, join us next time when we continue to talk all things disney
1: thanks everyone thanks thank you